Get ready. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. Paul will not be joining us at all this week or this month because it is Black History Month. Um, Paul's white. <laughs> he doesn't get to be here. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 143 of the Weekly Cooldown and it is February 4th. This is Black History Month. This month is Black History Month. So actually, instead of getting to know the gaming news of the week and doing our usual uh, spiel, we will be doing what we've done for the past maybe two years since this podcast began um, and highlighting and chatting with creators across gaming media who were born black. <laughs> Sorry, I, f- I feel like that's such a terrible way to say that, but um we are talking with black creators, black gamers, black streamers, artists, the gamut. And we're going to talk, really get into as much as we can about um, everything. Uh, later this month, we'll be doing a kind of TTRPG panel, tabletop RPGs. So if you're interested in that, please come back for that um, in about two weeks. Um, today, we're going to focus on a few uh, uh, topics. Uh, first being, well... We've had, we have a new guest and a returning guest, so we'll get to know the new guest a little bit with our usual thing. And then we're going to talk about, um, what it's like to kind of come into black, especially American black spaces when you may not necessarily be from America, but you are black. So without further ado, let's get started. Willie, hello. Willie, I call upon thee. Are you there? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, good. Willie, hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. How about for yourself? It's been a while. It has been a while, but you, I hear we're on a different podcast. Is that correct? Maybe yeah, hosted no, by I me? did your, yeah, I did the gaming one. <laughs> and then the game I show? think this, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the gaming, the, the game, the game one. Yeah, the, the game show. Um, both and then ones. I think this is the third i think this is my third time on this podcast mm-hmm. especially for black history yes. month so mm-hmm. yeah nice it, it's yes, always nice to back. be here and talk yes. about black and being black and gaming it's such a like <laughs> yeah, right topic. it's like so like <laughs> it, it's and it's not like it's so weird or anything but it's I, I think it's you know i why i love coming back to this podcast especially for this mm. month is that you know seeing you know from the, the the conversations that we have every year about it and then just seeing the space and you know while there's some improvements in certain areas there's not in other areas so it's always nice to you know talk about it and you know talk about what we can do to you know amplify amplify the voices you know that need to be amplified amplify the spaces that need to be amplified and you know just really talk about you know how we can continue to you know progress and move forward so very happy Mm -hmm. to be here again yes 
Very good, very good. Well, let's get it. Let's get into it then. Um, I'm first going to actually start off, like I said, pretty easy, um, and introduce our uh, new new friend to the show, uh, Barad. Hi. Hello. Hello. So, Barad, we're going to talk a lot about you today. So, <laughs> oh God. First, <laughs> we want to know just the bare bones, the bare minimum. Um, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV and lots and lots of D&D. Oh, the TTRPG crowd. Indeed. Um, tell us some D&D adventures. Oh, well, basically. Uh, last night, I had a group of four adventurers uh, confront a lich. Not so much confront as in run into one and have to scramble backward because the lich happened to be very nice. Mm. Nice, but with a bit of a split personality. One moment he was cheerful and doting, the next moment he was a bit sinister. And I think that was the highlight of my week so far. And I'm waiting for my other games to give me more. How many D&D sessions do you play? Don't judge me. I, run I won't. <laughs> I, I DM seven. Oh my god. But it's like uh, some of them are bi-weekly. Sure. And I play in uh, two Pathfinder games and uh, two other D&D games aside from that. It sounds like a lot, but I'm a gremlin and I... I can actually work while playing because I yeah. do art. I so mean, while I'm role playing and playing the game, I can draw on the side. So it's actually pretty productive time. Yes, it, I find it so fascinating that, like, if you had just said to like any person on the street, "I play in eleven D and D games," they'd probably be like, "Excuse me, what? <laughs> I can barely do one." <laughs> but I'm like, literally just about to say, "I can barely keep up with one campaign." I I only can do one-offs. I I can't do a weekly. Yeah, after two weeks, I'm like y'all. My character, she's done. I but usually you, do like female characters. So, but or you find a way to characters. do not only eleven games sessions, but also like work and draw. And I find that to be beautiful. I have a problem. I cramp the time a lot. <laughs> So, um, tell us about what else you do in gaming and media. Anything aside from playing and DMing? Honestly, playing and DMing has been the core of it recently. Mm. Uh, years before, from probably like uh, 2011 to 2000, well, to present, I have dipped my hand into starting and kind of like being active in communities, much less so recently. Mm-hmm. But I tend to be the the guy who starts guilds or free companies, little mm-hmm. groups and, and chats and stuff where people can feel safe. It doesn't always work out the way I want it to, but it's always a learning experience either way. Yeah. I hope I'm doing a good job with it. Yeah. Um, so, disclosure to the listener and to Willie, we um, both play Final Fantasy fourteen, and also we do also share a space. And... Um, so some of the, the things that we've spoken about are how difficult it can be to hold those spaces, um, play the game, <laughs> um, discuss things about the game with people um, who don't necessarily um, see eye to eye with us. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes those spaces break down. Sometimes those spaces just don't mesh with us. Um, and so we either seek out or make a new one um and that's kind of what i think today's discussion is going to be about um we're going to talk about 
those spaces, right? Those spaces where we go online, we talk shit or not. <laughs> um, and we have, we try to have fun, right? It, we, we get online and we try to have fun. Um, yeah. briefly before we get to that, Willie, what have you been playing this week? I have been playing so much. Just to cover all the bases. Just, yeah, I've been playing so much. Um, but, you know, this is, this is like, I feel so bad because I told myself that I wouldn't. Um, I got back into League of Legends. Um, mm-hmm. after watching Arcane. Um, mm-hmm. I know. I told myself, and it, and it was funny because I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, like, the show, amazing. If you still haven't seen it, definitely watch it. But do as I say, not as I do. Do not, <laughs> <laughs> do not get back into League of Legends after watching that game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have in the span of like three weeks. I'm almost wow. at level thirty, so I will be hopping Jeez. into rank just to see what it's like, and maybe from then I'll stop again. But yeah, once you get into the you know where the real toxicity lives, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I've also um, you rank? know on PlayStation, I've you know done Rainbow oh. Six Extraction, Destiny Two. A little bit of VR with Beat Saber. I've been really mm. feeling my, you know, diversify in, you know, PC, PlayStation, VR, all of that. Getting your gaming time in. Mm. You do so much more gaming than I do. <laughs> well, you're running like 11 campaigns. So <laughs> seven, it's seven. definitely seven, 11. It sounds, it's, it's, a, it, to be able to manage that many and participate in that many D and D campaigns a week is like amazing. So that's, why I that's understandable. One game. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, without further ado, let's start getting into the nitty gritty, as they say. Um, so. <laughs> How do I start this, really, I guess? <laughs> um, everyone has, I guess, their own square in the on the internet, right? Their own little space where they go to, whether it be on Discord, it might be their Twitch stream, um, where they kind of hang out with their friends or their uh, watchers, viewers. And they try to create this space where, it, you know, maybe it feels safe maybe it doesn't for some people um maybe it feels very family oriented or maybe it just is just a bunch of gamers on the internet whatever the case may be everyone kind of has it whether they notice it or not um black people i think have a very kind of unique experience when it comes to these because these spaces are largely white dominated Mm. um whether they're joining it or even starting it right a lot of people have these streams or these uh like barad was saying uh free companies or guilds and you know they may bring a lot of people into the fold but we don't really know what those people look like on the other side um yet somehow you still kind of suss out that like these are probably mostly white people, right? These are mostly white people. This is definitely white people. But um, <laughs> but regardless, it, it, black people, I think, have to navigate those spaces differently. So my first question to both of you, and Willie, I'd like to start with you, is have you kind of had that experience before where you're either entering or starting the space and you feel like, oh, I have to like be somebody else for a bit? 
Oh, a hundred percent. It's a, and that's the thing about, about like, especially in creating gaming spaces and, you know, just as, you know, a, a minority in more than one different, you know, subcategory, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's one of those uphill battles to where the only way that you are going to overcome, and, you know, when I say you, I really, you know, I, I, I can only speak from my experiences, but, you know, the only way to get past that, you know, I want to, I, I know that, you know, the space that I want to create is going to help people in the end. You mm -hmm. have to keep moving forward. You know, it's 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 like thinking of it in a same mentality of, you know, you know, everyone likes to do the whole, you know, Oprah got fired from her job being a newscaster. And, you know, the, the, the creator of Starbucks was turned down by how many hundreds of loans before someone oh, would the, give them a chance. The, like, bootstrap narrative. Yeah, but in, you know, rather, but, you know, from that same principle, you know, we, in, in, I've understood that, you know, because especially in the gaming space, it's, it's, you know, it's not predominantly black space, like black faces and, you know, black identities. It is a very, you know, it, there's a high concentrate of, you know, non-black people. So, of course, mm -hmm. there's going to be those times where we have that good intention where it's like, I want to create this space that is safe for, you know, black people, you know, LGBTQ folk for everyone. But us being already a minority, a lot of people aren't going to understand. So, you know, a lot of the times you are going to, you know, you're going to have good intentions. There's going to be a failure. You learn from it and you realize, okay, where was the miscommunication? You know, where, where did this fall apart? And you go back into it and you create again. If that isn't as fruitful as or as successful as you want it to be, you go back and you look, okay, what are, what are the commonalities between, you know, the, the why it didn't work between the first one and the second one. And it's just one of those things that, you know, as, you know, black, as black people and, you know, we, we've always, you know, been fighters and, and throughout mm -hmm. history and civil rights, like fighting is something that we have to do. We always have to do. And, you know, taking it into the gaming space and creating safe spaces, you know, it, it's still we have to fight. Um, right. So that's all that's my life. I have to fight. Experience. That's the that's the quote. <laughs> yeah. Um. Barad, what, uh, any thoughts from you? Well, regarding the matter of having to change who you are, uh, that's actually pretty much my story. Uh, when I started in World of Warcraft, I was not only a black player, but I wasn't, I wasn't American either. Mm. And I had to conform to a lot of behaviors that at the time I did not understand to fit in. Over time, that conformity turned into the norm. So what I had done, I had wrote, my first character was a black character, and I had endured some harassment in that, and that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to blend in instead of stick out. Mm -hmm. So I developed the habit of hiding behind white characters mm -hmm. in the games. I would roll up a white character, usually a, a redhead guy with green eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's how I played for years, until very recently, uh, only at the end of 2019, I realized that I didn't have to do that anymore. I had made a space for myself and for my friends, and I had joined the space, uh, just the space that we're both in, actually. Mm -hmm. 
And that space encouraged me to, you know, say, this is who I am. I am a black man and I want to represent myself as that. And in terms of the MMO gaming scene, I changed my character from uh, redheaded. Well, he was brown, brownish at the time, but not mm. brown enough, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Mm. Just a and little re- tan, just a little yeah. tanner, but he needed some more flavor. There was more, no, <laughs> more melanin could have been added. <laughs> yeah. And from that change from a brown character to an actual black character, I realized that I had stepped out of a hiding place that I felt that I needed to be in because of the mm. way I did not fit in. Because yes, okay, everyone's on the internet and everyone's all fine and happy, but black people are treated differently. And there's no doubt about it. You can deny it, uh, but it's it's a thing. It's a thing that we've lived as black people. Mm-hmm. And there is also the addition that I'm not an American either. So sure, I can find common ground with black Americans, African Americans, but it's not all there. So there's mm-hmm. a little alien aspect of it to me there as well. It's much safer. I'll give it that. But mm-hmm. sometimes I tilt my head and I'm like, what's going on here? Why? <laughs> But it's all good. And basically, that's the thing. I just want gaming spaces to be a place where people don't feel they have to hide Mm -hmm. to be safe. I don't know how many other people there are out there who did what I did did, or who had to code switch permanently to fit in or just feel safe or had to pretend to agree to things that they didn't agree with just so that they wouldn't be harassed. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's like what I want. Mostly out of these spaces, honestly. That's a that's a good thing to want, yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm I'm glad you touched on what I was kind of zeroing on a little bit is the idea, and I hope that um, other black people who are listening to this kind of take this to heart. Right, um, a lot of the times when we create these spaces, um, black people in America, we are creating them with the idea um of other black americans right that i mean that is ideally what it what um yeah, black history month is all about yeah. right mm-hmm. um however i think um when you look at how many countries now um which it's not a whole lot but there are a few <laughs> who, who who are f- celebrating their black people their black history the people who are in their countries who are black we have to kind of do that in turn and like allow the diaspora in right we have to kind of take those people into our spaces and really like you know the the cultural differences might be there but we have to like embrace those differences and find that like beauty in it right the 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 idea that there are these black gamers across the world we can get on discord and we can have a great time there might be some like nuance here and there that we're not understanding but we learn from that and then we all kind of grow from that and it feels like we're gaining more of our history back in some way you know what i mean um or we're sharing our histories um and so i i think that's really important um, i thank you for letting us know that you used to be a white man online <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> um i can say i will speak to that very briefly in that i did that for a time i think on um runescape i although my my character was like light brown right like he was Mm -hmm. as close to being like the paper bag as i could get 
because I thought like that was me being as authentic as I was willing to be on the internet. Um, and then at some point I was like, you know what? No, we're just going all in. Like I'm black. I'm putting a black character in here. If I have the um, opportunity to, because we all know that some MMOs do not have black skin um, <sighs> as an option. Um, so I always made a, made a like cognitive choice at some point um, around my teens mm. um, to make sure that my character was black and I was doing magic and it was black magic. <laughs> I'm so glad you got the chance to get that so early. I'm in my thirties and I've only gotten, gotten that really drilled into my head two years ago. There's, there's, um, first of all, there's like a beautiful growth in that. Yeah. Um, right. But, but on top of that, there's like a, there's a, still a growth in me. Right. So like, even though I had these black characters, I never thought about things as recently as I have now, like hair, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of MMOs still only have like what most people would consider a black hairstyle is, is like the afro, right? They just have the afro and a shaved head, and, and it's even like there then, you go. The afros are like, come on, who, right? Always who joke. Afro? Do you see? Like who? Where are you guys basing Where this? Where did this model from? come from? Because <laughs> this is not not fashionable um, at all. <laughs> I think someone linked not too long ago that the Sims modeled their afro off of cauliflower. Oh, so that's a good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sarcasm, but that's a good. Yeah. Uh, you know, reference point. Great idea. Imagine right. like um, going to reference everything else accurately, but going to cauliflower for black hair. Yeah. What? Imagine looking up afros online, seeing actual hair, and thinking, "No, that's not good enough." <laughs> um. But yeah. So I mean, it, realizing, especially now that like there's so much of the, um, I guess the culture that's missing, right? They add so much of the of other cultures, specifically white ones. <laughs> Um, to their games, but then when it comes to just simple things like hair, right? Having having decent hair options for characters that wish to be portrayed as you know themselves black black people, mm. um, they're just missing. They're not there. And then when we ask for them, it's a big deal, right? Like, if, well, you have afros. It's like okay, but like fuck you. <laughs> and that's my thing because I remember um like early on in in my career in marketing um we had we actually had like a client who, you know, was touching on how, you know, how hard it is in the industry especially when it comes for for just hair in general mm -hmm. how hard it is to you know make it look realistic and so for me you know i get that there are technical you know technical i want to say difficulties but um there, there's a certain phrase i'm looking like technical limitations in mm -hmm. making each hairstyle look super, you know, like, oh, that 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 looks super real. But mm -hmm. in some of the designs that I've seen where they have an intricate braid where you can see every individual strand inside of a braid that does like a little harness, like a little like a harness or <laughs> a crown around and then you have like the hair flowing. 
if you can make a braid, and this is just my personal opinion, if you can make a braid look like a braid in a game, you can make an afro look like an actual afro. Oh, exactly. I have said that so many times, and I fully agree. If they have no problem pushing their technical limitations and going past them for Mm -hmm. things that will sell to a general white audience, but when it comes to things like black hair, afros and such or the black texture of a short black hairstyle, a mm-hmm. fade, mm. it, it becomes a problem. The minimum. Which is... Right? In... The... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the minimum is like fades and afros and stuff, and stuff like that, right? Like, we're not asking for, like, the more intricate designs of our hair. We're asking for, like, you know, throw us a couple bones. Right. Um, maybe do something cool, but, like make the make the ones that you are trying to put into the game look good um but they're like oh no too hard but here's this really cool animation that you can do that like contorts your character into a pretzel right right twenty (laughs) dollars right and you know and it's like you know not not all developers you know there's like one that i know understands that i believe insomniac when they did spider-man with Miles mm-hmm. Morales and Homie was like Homie has like an actual like a lineup and a fade. Well and done game. <laughs> and it's just so like crazy because like any black person, whether you are a gamer or not, or if you're like familiar with games, the pride in how proud you were to be able to see that and it's like they did mm-hmm, him right, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just it's just crazy that, you know, for like another, you know, if you if you like if you aren't black, you don't really appreciate that. That's just uh, I don't get it. It's just hair. And it's like, well, it's not just hair. It's that that whole conversation is like all these you. different conversations that, you know, if mm-hmm. you grew up in a black household, it, it, it's coming back as we're growing and we're learning. It's like, no, it's not just about hair, but the hair is great, but this is bigger than that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> when things feel good, um, you know, when they're done right, they, they feel good. And like to try and diminish that mm-hmm. as a, as a fellow gamer or even as a developer is like, Hey, fuck you, guy. Um, (laughs) So, we're going to take a quick break before we get on with the rest of our talk, and we'll be right back with more show. Alrighty. Chicana podcaster, editor, tarot reader, and practicing bruja. Growing up, I was a weird fucking kid. I would feel things, I would see things, and for a really long time, I didn't know if it was just in my head. An anxiety-filled kid who saw the exorcist way too young in life really kind of messed around with her head. But one thing's for sure, the occult, ghosts, brujeria, I can't get enough of it. And something that I really want to see in the world, and I'm all about creating that thing that you want to see out there, is hearing conversations by people who look like me, who have more melanin than me, who are just out here at the 
intersections of being brown, black, queer, innovative, creative. We're all amazing, powerful beings and we're all doing cool things. So on each episode that Tutia Bruja, you are going to meet someone who is out there in the world just doing some dope ass shit. I want you to know how you can support them. I want you to know how to try little things in your life if you're interested in the occult and witchcraft. I want to be that cool aunt that would have bought you a tarot deck. Plus, come on, I have to give you a few little tastes of what you're going to hear on the show. So you're going to hear stuff like this. As a kid, I would say, you know, even just as a small child, I would have these mediumship experiences, not knowing that that's what they were. And this. I think somebody had given me like an angel deck once, like years before. And it just like, I don't know. I think like angels don't really resonate with me. It was actually one of my old houses that I used to live in when I was in Alton. At the time, it was 150 years old. Now, obviously, it's a hell of a lot older now. And that too. Listen to Tutia Bruja Fridays. If you want to subscribe, I highly suggest it. You're going to get the first inside information and follow Tutia Bruja Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to Sufficiently Black a show that explores what it means to be comfortable in your Blackness despite living in a world obsessed with stereotypes. Host, Kia, Amari, and Janae deep dive into Black womanhood. Personally, I know that when I walk into the room, I'm seen as Black first. Then I'm seen as a woman. The glass ceiling is already, like, there. It's already above my head. It's it's already above my head. Like, shattering that bitch is real tough for me. Identity. I feel beautiful and my mom and like my mom's telling me my immediate family are telling me I'm beautiful but everyone everything else around me is telling me like I'm not beautiful and so it was never I never wanted to be lighter skinned or white I just wanted the fucking privilege (laughs) that came along with being light and culture it doesn't matter how much money you have as a black person you will never in your life you could say I'm not black I'm OJ you could say whatever you want but you still are going to be black. It doesn't matter. Through a critical lens as they navigate their way through adulthood. I want to look back at this year and say, damn, like that was a comfy ass fun year. That's what I want. Like I want this year to be like I'm running around in sweatpants, but have a glittery topping, like figuratively. Join us every other Tuesday for funny, And this is why I'm angry, yo, because I'm like, damn, I was giving so much energy to these boys who like could not call what we were doing what it was, which is a relationship, dude. Like it's a relationship and I'm giving this all this goodness to you when I could be giving it to myself or someone else. And intellectual conversations. In order for black people to survive, you have to play a game of not being yourself. About what it means to be sufficiently black. Trying to mind my business and be black. That's basically about it. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. So, we're going to try and smooth out the rest of the episode, but first, I want to discuss one last topic about spaces, right? So, um, I want to ask both of you, when we 
enter these spaces or when we make these spaces. We are obviously interacting with a lot of other people. So what do we want people to know, white or black, about navigating these spaces, right? What do we wish people knew going into either predominantly black um, spaces or spaces where there may be a black person, you know, you, you don't know who's on the other side of that screen. So what do we want them to know going into that space? Uh, Willie, can we start with you? Yeah, I mean, and I think this is, you know, it's a, it's just a general piece of advice whenever you enter in any kind of space, but, you know, especially for, you know, these for like black spaces or black owned spaces and spaces that are created, you know, for, you know, black safe spaces, essentially, um, patience, patience, time mm. and understanding, um, because a lot of the times, you know, whereas for one person enters in a space and they, you know, if the way that they're conducting themselves or, you know, they, the, I guess their like ideas or their actions isn't well received. They take it mm -hmm. as a personal attack against them. And then that's where, you know, certain miscommunications start happening. It's a, it's one of those where a, a lot of the times that I see this, you know, very relevant to, you know, the, the kind of like the conversation about like American black owned spaces you know there's just this whole thing with like americans where it's you know a lot of people will start to throw out like well i have a right to voice my opinion and you know it's <laughs> even though i'm entering in another space that you know i did not create any space that i enter i have this unalienable right to voice my opinion without any kind of you know pushback and I feel mm -hmm. like that's kind of like where people, you know, resort to when they're challenged in either way that their behavior, it, in any way that they're behaving or just any way that, again, they act in that space that isn't well received. Um, I, I just encourage, you know, them to take a step back and really understand, you know, feedback and like if people are trying to like explain to you why you know your action or the way that you are conducting yourself is not acceptable in that space the only right that no one can take away from you in that instance is your right to leave and if you mm. are not you know if you are not comfortable with that if you you know feel that you're quote unquote inalienable right to conduct yourself in a way that should be free of criticism if you feel that is being threatened then that's not the space for you and i would encourage you to say you know what it was a great opportunity it was great you know great time meeting you know some of you i'm out go <laughs> ahead and create your own space then but do not sure. try to interject yourself into a space where, you know, you aren't the target audience. And when you understand to the extent of like how much you are not the target audience, it's all of a sudden you take this take up this crusade to make it more accommodating to you. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Patience is indeed a virtue. Mm -hmm. um, and and to kind of echo that, right, you are entering a space, whether you know it or not. That is um, not necessarily, I, I guess I don't want to say designed, but in a way it's not designed for you. And so when you come in with this kind of guns blazing attitude, a la Americans, um, mm -hmm. you 
are taking up that space instead, right? You are not sharing that space. It's now being taken up by what you think is important to say and what you have to say. Um, and so, yeah, coming into any space, black, white, uh, Hispanic, anything, um, mm. with that kind of mentality is certainly going to cause more problems. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't like that here. Um, yeah. I mean, and to that point, you had just said, um, you know, you wouldn't say that it wasn't designed for them. I would say that it wasn't designed for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially, and it's like, when you think about it, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of spaces that are created for several different purposes and intentions they can find a space that was created just for them. Whatever identity, whatever, you know, focus point that they have that they're like, hey, Mm -hmm. I want to find a space that, you know, caters to me as, you know, like my gender, my religion, you know, all of these different qualities about yourself. Right. There is a space for you. But that doesn't mean, again, that you get to go into another space that was not created with you in mind. It's not saying that now that's not to say that the space is not accommodating to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the reason why it weren't, you know, the, the, the purpose of having it created, you know, there's a lot of spaces where, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, this was created for, right, right. It was created for, you know, primarily black, you know, individuals, but we aren't going to turn down, you know, a, a person if they're white and they want to join because they, they, you know, they support the cause or, you know, be whatever, what Mm -hmm. they may, you know, for whatever reason. So that's not to say that, you know, it's being exclusionary. It's just, again, if you're like, eh, we're doing a lot of stuff for Black History Month and I don't, and I feel like we should do something for like Irish history. It's like, maybe this isn't the group for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, so. find a different group and make exactly. sure it's not a white supremacist one. Exactly. <laughs> that was the point um, of what I was saying, but I didn't want to say that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barad, any tips and tricks for the discerning gamer joining a Discord? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an extension of what was just said, I want to kind of impress upon the importance of listening. Mm. Not just listening, but listening with an open mind, trying to understand, and even giving yourself the time to think on something that's being said to you or said in general. A lot of the times, we as gamers are very convinced of our own intellect and intelligence and our knowledge of the things that we think we know about. So when we see an opinion or a viewpoint that is uh, contrary to ours, or a contravention to things that we already know, we immediately just label it as wrong. Mm -hmm. And we may sit in silence and just consider that wrong and not change our way of thinking, or we may fight against it. Um, For example, uh, I'm a non-American. I entered an American space filled with African-Americans. And I didn't understand at the time, I understand now, and I've I've, kind of adjusted to it. I didn't understand what was so bad about a black person's skin color, a black person being referred to as chocolate. Mm. Now, in America, I know that's a huge taboo, and in many other countries as well. But where I come from, we we have long moved past the systems that would have 
made such a thing an item of fetishization and racism. So for us, amongst brown people on my island where I'm from, it's a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't understand why. And I asked why. And in asking why, I was educated on why. And I made the decision then, instead of fighting it and saying, no, it's that's okay, where I come from, it doesn't matter. I made the decision then to conform to maintaining a silence in those expressions. I would not say those things. I would not refer to black people as as chocolate or mocha or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because I understand, and I took the time to understand, that there are a lot of people in this space who have been hurt by that sort of expression. And me, just me, one person coming in and taking the time not to do anything like that isn't going to hurt anybody. In fact, it's only it's only going to protect people from harm. And I think that sort of attitude is what we need. Listen, let people speak, try to understand. And if you don't understand in the moment, take the time to understand. I So many problems would be solved and so much learning would occur if people would just take the time to do that instead of just knee-jerking and deciding something's wrong, whether they fight it or not. Yeah, that's that's basically my wish. Yes, and I I would agree. I mean, um, it, it's it seems so simple when you you know you articulate it, but it's something we don't think about. And and to that point, I would also say just to um, kind of add on to that layer, right? Um, when you are listening with your open mind. Um, Take a, take a moment to really process it the way that you have, right? In this, in this moment, right? Um, figure out that, like, yes, it's not necessarily bad, or you figured out, I should say, that it's not necessarily bad where you come from, but it may be, uh, construed elsewhere as being not so good. Um, and that, um, matters both ways, right? So if I say something that is like, kind of like, oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't like that where I'm, from then i would be like okay cool like it it should be a two-way street in that regard um and i would hope that uh a lot of people take that away as well um very good thank you both i really appreciate it for our last note of discussion we're gonna we're gonna let everyone think about something nice right um (laughs) we want to talk about good black characters I will let you decide what good means, (laughs) whether it be the representation, if we just think they're hot, whatever, right? A good black character. Who are they? Uh, what game are they from or other piece of media? Um, hopefully we, we've all come up with something. Willie, let's again start with you. Oh, hold on. There's, there's so many, um, Hold on. No, can I not go first? <laughs> Brian, do you have someone? I have a couple. Um, okay. First is Miles Morales. Ooh, of course. Good yes. choice. Good choice. I didn't, Did yeah, I, I, I didn't know much about Miles Morales uh, until Into the Spider-Verse, actually. And it opened an entirely new world for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is a version of Spider-Man that speaks to me. Sure, I'm not American, and I 
but I am black, and where I'm from, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, we have a lot of Hispanic ties. So mm -hmm. that mixture really spoke to me, and I could relate to so much little details in that movie. And then when the game came out, I watched a playthrough, and I was just marveling over every little detail mm -hmm. and loving it. So yeah, Miles Morales. Uh, second is Mel Medarda from Arcane. I won't give any spoilers out, because uh, a lot of her stuff is spoilery, mm -hmm. but she is beautiful, she is strong, and she is very present in her blackness. Everything about her, she carries it on her shoulders, her head is held high, it isn't, it isn't something that is, so to speak, pushed in people's faces like, hey, hey, I'm the black character, I'm the black character. Mm -hmm. It's gracefully presented. And I just loved every moment of her and uh, associated characters with her. And yeah, those two, basically. Love Very them. Very good choices. Very good choices. Um, Miles Morales is so close to my heart. Um, simply because I am from New York. My mom actually grew up in the same area he grows up in. Um, and I'm I myself identify as Afro-Latino. My mom is Puerto Rican. Uh, my dad is uh, Jamaican, actually. Um, and so much of his lifestyle, especially the stuff you see in the video game, mirrors things that I grew up with. Um, you know, having uh, Benio for um, Christmas dinner, um, the way his entire apartment was laid out, like it looked like my mom, my, one of my apartments when I was growing up, it, it, um, it, so much of it was like, I don't know, it, I could almost smell the apartment. It was so detailed and so New York and also so like Puerto Rican and its identity. And, um, it just really, it felt good. It felt nice. Um, I also th think that the person who voices him in the video game, has my same first name just spelled differently. So that's cool too. Um <laughs> Willie, um mm. who do you got? So I have um so I'm going to break the rules a bit. Um I have one actual like black character like in a video game, but then I also have a actual like voice actor that I just okay admire and he vocalizes a lot of like characters that you know are black and then others where you know their their skin i guess their skin tone is kind of like ambiguous but because the voice actor all of that um so mm -hmm. the first one the actual character and i had to like deep like reach back through like when i first started playing uh, this game uh so lifeline in apex legends um she is it she is black and she's also a healer and so for me and mm, this was like I way back point. like going through kind of just like the gaming kind of like looking at where the gaming space was to have such a in my opinion a powerful position as a healer be you know portrayed by a black woman mm -hmm. says a lot about the team dynamic and just it's like even though like it on a surface level it's just okay she's just a you know she's just a character you know and you know i believe she's she's not even like an american black woman she's uh i i don't know exactly like where her dialect is from but she's you know she's not from america 
but mm-hmm. in just in the way that that dynamic is and how you know knowing how respawn is and how they didn't want like everything of what they done and i'm not saying that that is the reason why they made her a healer but just like giving that that kind of like that portrayal of like they they put a lot of thought into their characters is really what i'm saying but just in terms of like the gaming industry and how important the healer is and when you have like someone who is down and it's like the character that is picking you up and putting you back into the fight is a black woman um for me that says a lot and that's why i you know when i first started playing she was one of the characters that i gravitated to because i'm like no i i want all these people to know that when you need healing and that when you need to be lifted up that is a black woman that is lifting Mm -hmm. you up and putting you back into the game which you know kind of goes out to just like how in general and in society you know to get the support of a black woman means everything no matter what race you are like they will be your biggest cheerleaders so as long as you're doing the right thing. So that yes. for me was one character. And then another, um, the voice actor that I'm just, you know, just so like I like admire and look up to. Um, I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with uh, Lance Riddick. Yes. He Yeah, he is the voice of, you know, my favorite video game, Destiny 2. Um, There's Mm -hmm. a Vanguard leader um, named Zavala. He voices that. Um, But also in one of my all-time favorite games, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, he voices Silence. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I think, you know, again, in creating, you know, like, just in terms of like creating and when you're crafting out a space and, you know, thinking about how, you know, as a black individual, it's important whether you're creating a space or in like putting yourself in a space that's not um, particularly like black Uh, like black owned or something i'm not sure if Mm -hmm. i'm phrasing that right but it's just like your presence and being there and you know consistently being there you don't know who you're motivating when you like you're going there and you don't know who you're motivating by just your presence and you know for me like a presence of lance you know being a prominent figure in video game voice acting and i know there's several others but destiny 2 is my game and he is like you know the the character that he voices is like very integral to the series so immediately it's just like he is Mm -hmm. like a source of inspiration just just from him just being in the industry itself um so though that that's my answer slash i'm breaking the rules but it's still my answer (laughs) (laughs) no it's a good it's a good rule break lance riddick is one of those people who has such a recognizable voice mm-hmm. um, does, yeah. that when you realize it's him you're like oh shit that's Lance Riddick <laughs> like, yeah. you feel so like elated that it's him <laughs> but you kn- um, and he, his voice is like you know it's him it's, you know it's, it's yeah. not one of those where it's like oh is that him maybe it's him no you know it's him you know, <laughs> you know it's him yeah um, he is also a really just good actor. Yeah. Um, he's been in, first of all, he's been in tons of video games and is actually playing a white man, Albert Wesker, in one of my favorite series, Resident Evil. Yes. <laughs> um, yes in the is. upcoming TV show, which and I think is fantastic. It's right. Cool. I know him from Lost, way back. <laughs> yes. Lost. He's in I a never lot of John got Wick. into Lost. Um, 
Well, you shouldn't. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't. I'm obsessed. And I'm, I'm still saying don't. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Lance Riddick is a great one. Um, I hope to be like him someday. I want to be a cool voice actor, and I want people to be like, oh, I know that guy. I know who's speaking right now. That guy. I want to be able to sound that smooth, yeah. You're that right. too, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm Zavala. Deep baritone, and it's just smooth like. <laughs> and cadence that you just I like never, every word. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> the cadence is really what what sets him apart. He it has does. a way of reading that is very like this, and it hits on certain it words. Tells you, and but it tells you what you he tells you what you need to know. Blah blah yes. blah blah. And I, I love that from him. Very good. Very good choice. All right. Um. You guys took the good ones. I'm gonna very quickly say that um, both of the protagonists from Deathloop are um, among my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. They, first of all, they are the protagonists. Like regardless of what side you're on, on who's right and who's wrong in that game, there's a lot of nuance to that. Um, they are both amazing characters. They are unapologetically black. Um, it is it, like. It, the way that they speak, the way that they speak to each other, the way that they speak to other NPCs, everything is just so amazing. Um, they're also both great voice actors. Um, rather, they are voice acted by two great voice actors. Um, uh, specifically, uh, Juliana Blake, who I, I'm gonna mess this up, but her name is Ozioma Akaga. Please tell me if that's wrong. Um, but she has this really amazing kind of playfulness to that character, and it is absolutely perfect, and I also want to be like her. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we got to wrap up this episode. So, uh, Willie, tell us where we can find you on the internet, and if you have anything else to plug. No, um, I, I don't have anything else to plug. Um, you can find me on the internet. Uh, on Twitter is, you know, mainly where I am, one solo player. Um, I also, uh, I'm also on TikTok, um, where I try to do a lot of, you know, content and, you know, TikTok-focused content on, you know, gaming and whatnot. Um, it's, the username is Willie the Kid, uh, with a T-H-A-K-I-I-D. Um, sometimes I know it's very confusing, but on my Twitter, I have link tree that leads to that. So again, Twitter is the best place to, as the hub to see where I am on social and other social channels. Very good. Very good. Very good. Barad, do you have anything to plug and where should people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me mainly on Twitter. Uh, my Final Fantasy-based account is Jude Strom, at Jude Strom, J-U-D-E-S-T-R-A-U-M-E. Uh, I also do art. Uh, it's adult art, so no kids allowed. At <laughs> Barry Scrolls, uh, at Barry Scrolls, B-E-R-R-Y-S-C-R-A-W-L-S. Uh, you can see my stuff there. Uh, it's, like I said, it's very adult-oriented, not safe for work, but, you know, it's my market. Yes, and that's those are the main places you can find me. Everything else we, will be linked there. We stand. Um, <laughs> right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> as always, you can find me at Comedies Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well at WK Cooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. 
be sure to leave a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave them on Podchaser if you don't want to do the Apple thing. I get it. Um, if you, I guess, use Spotify still, um, it's up to you. I, I don't judge. I, I, I get it. There's a lot of nuance there, too. But if you still use Spotify and you do it through the mobile app, you can also leave a review there. So be sure to do that. Be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our Humble Bundle for this week. Remember, you can support your favorite charities and support the show. Our logo and art is done by Corgian of Doghouse Esports. Follow him at Dog. House Corgian, D-O-G-H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. That's on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Riki. Follow Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise. Two dogs. That's D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. That's on Twitter. That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I am Willie. And I am Broad. And we'll see you next week. Happy Black History Month. Take care. Bye-bye.